How can we make this vehicle, pun intended, like Fast and Furious? By dragging a bank safe with a Mustang through the streets of Miami. And that's how you get Beast Wars. I think that's good. Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. I grew up with Scream. Uh, I saw Scream 2 in theaters, not the first one. Um, And this is a franchise that I'm really kind of excited to talk about. Uh, And also a new chapter in my life. I'm excited. Eric, how the hell are you doing today? Tired a bit. It's Daylight Savings today as we're recording this. And also tired because this is yet another film of the franchise, the Scream franchise, Scream 6. I don't know why everybody in my life has a problem with Daylight Savings Time. Or not necessarily problem, just be like, oh, it's Daylight Savings Time. This is like another one of those unsung holidays that I'm happy about. Kind of like how I like Groundhog's Day. And I love this day. This is one of my favorite unsung holidays, man. Well, it certainly feels like I gained an hour of sleep last night, so I, I won't argue with that. It certainly feels like it a little bit, too. I guess it's the only good thing I can come with. Uh, on that part, but I'm just sad because it's the real time. We're, we're talking about Scream here, <laughs> right? So another reason I I said a life changing event, a little behind the scenes here for the fans. For six years, I have been working the weekends, and last weekend, last Saturday, was my last weekend ever working ever ever ever. I have upgraded jobs, so I was able to go see Scream Six. Saturday night with my wife, eight o'clock, and we were the oldest people there. <laughs> we were the oldest people there. It has been six years since I've seen a movie in theaters Saturday night. We we went so, Saturday woo. day afternoon, like six or uh, two forty-five, and we also were the oldest in the theater. And that's only because I'd say the average age in the theater was 10 years old, maybe. There were so many families that brought their kids in into this movie, and it was amazing to me that they would do such a thing. Right, I was shocked. Yeah. Well, it, it's it, because... Hearing a, a kid wow and react to somebody get stabbed is a new element to a movie that I never would thought I would have in the theater, but here we are. Well, I, I was shocked too. I mean, like there was a lot of um, high-waisted mom jeans and crop tops. There was a lot of girls talk. I mean, like this is a whole other generation. And and like halfway through the movie, I'm just kind of eyeballing the audience, and I'm looking at my wife. I'm going, "Is is this how it is? Like, oh my god, I feel old." So I'd say to its credit, because I I have seen a lot of screams in in theaters, and it's a theater event. It it really is, and I can't complain about it because I've gotten the same experience in the other Scream movies where it's almost like a test and I, I, I think it's a great test too to bring your 10 year old too and if your 10 year old starts calling out the BS in the movie then you can think alright I got a good one here or if your 10 year old is, is being scared and it's being whatever it's like, okay well maybe we gotta work on this kid a little bit more you know, because this movie is dumb right and it should Put you into situations where you go, nah, that ain't gonna happen, or right. you know, or put you into that that escape room to be like, all right, well, if that was me in this situation, I would do this. Right. Uh, and 
it's great because it, uh, if you have a good theater where everyone is on the same page and enjoying it the same way, then you can have people calling out the same way. You know, you can have people at, at Scream 2 when you find out that it's Billy's mom and that person goes, nah, you know, that's that's BS, yelling on the, in the front row of the theater. That's great. And everyone laughs because everyone is on the same page that we all know right. this is a dumb, ridiculous movie. And that's the thing, too, is I never thought Scream as to be scary. I always thought Scream as the whodunit murder mystery, which it is. Um, I never thought to be scary. So um, I remember that you and I and my brother reviewed Scream 5 or Scream last March. And you and I were kind of lukewarm on it. But uh, hearing that Scream 6 was coming out, hearing that it was going to be in New York, I was really excited because that sounded so dumb that it was stupid. And I went back and watched Scream 5 again last week to prepare for this on Paramount. And I really enjoyed it. And the Ghostface killer in that movie is kind of equals the Ghostface killer in this one. The stabs feel real. They feel brutal. They're fast. It, it's, it's, it's the most violent scream I've seen. I mean, like, it's, yeah. I mean, like, I have seen scream movies where, where the killer would stab and the person goes, ah. But this one is stab, 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 and the guy screams or the girl screams every time the knife comes in. And it's like, ooh, ooh, you know, like it was it was cool. So, um, yeah, so going in this one, I was I was excited uh, knowing that I'm not getting the whale, but knowing that I'm going to see a bunch of Gen Z's with some Billie Eilish drinking some Starry, watching some pretty people get killed. I was excited going into this. Were you at all before we get into it? Oh yeah, ab ab absolutely. I, I, I'm right there with you. It, I'm completely in the realm that the theater experience is a ride. It, it very much should be a, a ride and it's better with people. It, a roller coaster is better when it's full and not right. just two people on it. everyone can agree to that right and if if something like top gun was a roller coaster ride then this is a haunted house it's it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be you know give you a jump here and silly here but ultimately you get out at the end you you have a good time and that's what this is about this has always been delivered and i've always been skeptical about it because here we are six in the series but uh, you know, if we're gonna, you know, compare it to Fast and Furious, like uh, you know what they want to be, then it, it, they're going all in and they're accepting it, and it's it's great, and they're able to do so with the Randy type characters in this movie with Mindy. They were a lot, yeah, I liked them. Yeah, they're and they completely won me over. This is, I think, I've turned from watching this movie actually. Yeah, you know, as somebody, uh, um, as my wife, who decided to go with me last night, again, this was our first time seeing a movie in theaters on a Saturday night in six years. She wanted to go, no interest. And on the way to the theater, I was keeping her up because she hasn't seen Scream since Scream 3. So I was catching her up, you know. And at the end of the movie, I was like, what do you think? Right. And at the end of the movie, I was like, what do you think? And she goes, I really enjoyed the core four. <laughs> no point. <Right. laughs> she, she was like, I mean, like, they won me over. Um, so let's get into this one. Right off the bat, what I do enjoy is the opening kill. And the reason why I enjoy it is because this is this does something that the other screen movies haven't done before. And I don't think people are gonna really talk about it. We get this beautiful blonde. We find out she's a she's a film professor, if you will, at a bar in New York. She gets lured by Ghostface into the alley. Ghostface kills her, and Ghostface takes off his mask. Boom, right there, you got your killer. And it's just like 
oh my god okay this is a different world and then a few scenes later right that ghostface killer we find out has a partner and they're going to do a, a franchise if you will a sequel requel but the real killers kill the real killers if you know what i'm saying so that's yeah. like oh so this would be interesting if like if we go back to like the original if like billy and Stu were getting ready to kill uh cc for the first time drew barrymore and then roman sydney's uh, brother's like nah i got this stab 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 you know what i mean like it's it that's an interesting take yeah it was um it was an interesting take i was excited because again i had com- stayed completely in the dark of this this entire time and the only thing that I have seen was a few clips of the convenience store scene. Right. But I, I had stayed very well. I was, so um, I was excited to to get a view of this. And uh, having the killer be revealed in the first 10 minutes, only then to be killed again, was was – I was on board. Ready to go. Yeah, I was on board. I was really bored, and I felt that kill too. Yeah, it really, it really was a, a better kill, and I agree with you. the The detail of having these kills be just really quick stab wounds, rather than it being the the very long thrusting stab, and then you know just the uh, eye contact, you know the slow the head slow, nod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As they fall down to the ground, versus this where they just carve them up. Yeah, and, and it's just brutal. I mean, it tears them open. It's uh yeah it makes it it makes a difference but my theory was when I saw that I was hoping that it was going to be way more uh, of a call to the past they were talking about legacy in this movie a lot I was really hoping for something stew um didn't get that but uh, I was thinking at a point where because they talked a lot about the films as well too that it would have been someone from the past. My guess originally was that it was going to be someone who was just like over all this and it wants to kill the franchise. And the best way to do that is just to kill basically any any character remaining and get him out of there. I thought that was seemed plausible, right? That is where I wanted the movie to go um, towards the middle end of the film where they find the lair. Uh, somebody makes a comment about Stu's TV and says, well, we think that killed him. If you remember that. Yeah, that I do remember that. I mean, that. so when they said that line, um, I was thinking, oh, my God, the same thing that you were thinking. Like, this could be Stu just saying, this thing has ruined my life. Um, we still don't get Stu in this. Uh, also, another thing that I find creepy. Now, nobody in this movie is going to be nominated for an Oscar or anything. But <laughs> what I did actually find creepy was when the uh, fake killer, if you will, as soon as he gets done killing the professor, he takes the mask off. He gets the reveal. What I found creepy was he takes his mask off, kind of studies the victim for a second, not long, puts his stuff in a backpack, and gets his university hoodie or jacket on and casually walks back. Yep. And just and just like nothing happened. Now, I think a normal person would be shaking, maybe sick, or I don't know, but this guy's just like stab, stab. Oh, hey, there you go, Jenna Ortega. How are you? And then go home and take some shots. It's like, New York City, that's creepy. Yeah. That's creepy. Um, I will talk about negative real quick. Uh, I'm not trying to jump all over the place, but I will talk about a negative. And the negative is that this does exactly what Jason Dix Manhattan does. Ghostface doesn't take Manhattan. Right? Because right? I'm, I am hoping for, like, 
like this is your time scream to do what jason didn't do in part eight right like like go to a broadway show and get hacked up times square statue of liberty central park you know go to these big huge event and they just don't do it this felt like it was filmed in you know some toronto area if you will again there was some new york stuff and the subway scene which we'll talk about in detail is the best scene in the movie <laughs> it was it was a pretty good scene uh there's a lot of good parts of this movie as far as uh it being a scene and right. uh, a screenshot worthy but i agree uh, yeah they're, they're, uh, this opening scene and a lot of these kills were were, were pretty intense especially that opening call because this I was really confused as to what was what was going on, but the rules uh, are something that I was looking forward to, and I didn't know that I wanted as bad as un- until they started to rattle them off. Right, because every get movie to, gets rules. Yeah, because we because it cuts to kind of the the, the up to date right where Sam um, and her sister are both living with uh, the Martin twins, the Meek Martin twins, right? Uh, Chad and Mindy. Uh, they're all, all on campus and they're just kind of dealing with it. They're all in college together, right? Right. Well, actually, it's a little more confusing than that. Sorry to interrupt. You have Jenna Ortega and Sam living with this redhead girl and um, the 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 female meek sister. And then the other dude, the, the, the twin Chad. dude, is Chad is rooming with another dude across the hall. Ethan. Ethan, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. It's like this... The girls are in this, and the guys are over here. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then Mindy is either with uh, Anika, or she's just on her own. But can I uh, can I every time Anika it was around, it reminded me of that Asian girl in Deadpool two that was the girlfriend of uh, teenage ne- Negasonic Warhead, <laughs> yeah. where he's like, "Hi, Soko," and she's like, "Hi." Yeah, like that's just kind of <laughs> reminded me of that girl. Um. Yeah, so, okay, so we get up to speed, and everybody's together. They're going to college, and this is following the tropes of Scream 2, right? I mean, that's what they kind of say. This is following Staff 2. It's They're now great in college. Detail. Oh, that was a great detail. Right. So then it makes you wonder, oh, if they're going to follow Scream 2, then, then a parent has to be the killer, right? I mean, that's what it has to be. When we talk about a parent being the killer, I have a question I've always wanted to ask with people when we talk about scream is Billy's mom being the killer or just anything like that in the future or in general is the parent justified. Like when Billy's mom killed people and scream too, she was like, you killed my son. So I'm going to kill all your friends to justify that. It's like, woman, your son was a serial killer. Yeah. You know, it's like, I hate to say it, but it's like the Columbine moms. Oh, <laughs> it's like, well, that doesn't also, make sense. Like Billy's mom, didn't they meet on like a psycho online chat room or something uh, like that? So, yeah, yeah, with with uh with Mickey psycho chat line. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as you do, that's where you go. Right. right. You, know, you want cereal? You go to the cereal shop. You know, you meet right. psychos. You go to the psycho store. So we're getting our suspects, and then you brought up earlier. The next time we really see Ghostface is this convenience store. Yeah. That. That. That well, was well, probably it. Does this usual thing where where Ghostface is just just is able to always make a quick escape, man? Like right. the superhuman ability to do that. Anyway, I guess there's we we know a bit more 
uh, why, like, it, there's a reason why I think now that it could be justified. So a lot of times when you ask that question, which, I, you know, like, well, why weren't the cops there? Why is the EMT always the first one there? Why is there never cops there that show up this entire time? Uh, why is Ghostface always able to just get away and the cops just kind of stand there outside and be like, there, well, what do we do? It, it just... Go! He went out the back door. You can't go around to the back. Like it, it's, it's ridiculous that they don't get all units on deck to search for right. this this killer who just killed a bunch of cows. Yeah, uh, that they would just go about their day and be like, well, you know, Mondays, right? Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, let's wrap let's wrap them up. I guess this store is going to be closed for a little bit. Right. Uh. It, it was silly to, to me in, in those parts. And then to have the, the students just to kind of be like, well, we got to stick together because certainly the cops who made us prime suspects uh, aren't watching us at all. Like there's, yeah, no, there's right. no detail or anything around us. They just let us kind of go. And then people continue to die around us and they still don't detail us. So, uh but I guess it, you know you can excuse that because the the killer is the cop. But whatever. I I think it's interesting, but then I'm kind of annoyed that the fran that the franchise is trying to pin that Sam is going to snap. They hinted at it at, at Scream Five. They clearly are just banging you on the head with it. Sam's gonna snap. Sam's gonna snap. And um, so I don't know if I want that, but I do find it interesting that in this world. Uh, Sam is blamed for the murders in the last movie that her boyfriend, Richie was actually innocent and she was the mastermind behind the whole thing. I kind of like that narrative. That's an interesting take on it because that never happened to Sydney. And if Sam is our new Sydney, then, yeah. huh? Why does the same thing happen to the same girl three times? Maybe she's the killer. Well, Sydney had her, had her haters. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fine. But it's not to, this extent no. to where like Sam's walking down the, the college quad and somebody's throwing a ch diet cherry Coke on her. No, but there's always the other side of the coin. We see it, it with Gail as well, too. We've seen it with Dewey, like every character, everyone from Woodsboro involved in this has that other side. That's always following them. This curse, this ghost space that's always following them. Right. And they kind of carry it a, a different way. Everyone outside chooses to take it differently, which is at this point a little ridiculous just because it's like, okay, it's, this is happening over the course of 20 years, six different times. You think the public would be like, okay, okay, listen, actually, um, maybe we should protect these people. It's getting a little out of hand now. People are actually dying. You know, I don't, it's I, happening I don't. quite a lot. I, you know, it, it's. I, I, it's just kind of weird, you know, that um, there's there's parts. It's a movie. That's a movie. Um, so the girls have a roommate, uh, Quinn, right? Quinn is her, the redhead roommate who's just all about men and sex, and she's fun, and she's a college girl, and then her dad is a detective. Who is this guy? I've seen this guy a lot. Why do I not know this guy, Stop. the detective? Stop. No, I'm serious. Stop, He's dude. in. Um, no, I'm serious. 
God, why do I know I him? I don't want to help you on this one. You should. You deserve. You. Uh, film, I know. Uh, someone of your scholar should know who the detective is. I've seen him a thousand times. Oh my God! Jordan. Oh my God! I, the, the whole time, I'm like, oh, is that Patrick Dempsey? No, it's not. And then I'm like, <laughs> why does this guy seem so familiar? Please help me. Uh, his initials are DM. I, where do I see him? Oh man. Um, well, he was in uh, a lot of '90s movies as well too. Lately, where have you seen him in? Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen him thousands of times, and I'm mad at myself because I can't figure I don't out the know detective. What you've seen and what you haven't seen. Here, let me uh, pull up his uh, his creds because he's he's been a lot. Yeah, I know he's my been my best in a friend's lot. wedding. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's where I saw him recently. He was the love interest in my best friend's wedding. That's what I saw him because we reviewed it last year. I was gonna say he's been in a lot. Yes, uh, the movies that That's we have seen. He's also in the wedding date. Okay, thank you. I knew he was familiar. So we had. I'm sorry, everybody who was listening. I'm, I just lost my movie. All right, eyes. well, to kind of you know pull the trigger here, Dermot Mulrooney. Yeah, is his name. I've I've seen him a lot. He's kind of like a poor man's Patrick, poor man's Patrick Dempsey. No, he is his own. A poor man's Patrick Dempsey. What? I keep on saying Patrick Dempsey because why isn't he back in this franchise? But he'll get back eventually for the last one. He played um, Roger's dad in Angels in the Outfield. He was the that's the, who he is the too. Degenerate father. If that's that who it helped is. you at all. That's who it is too. He's one okay. Of those guys. Yep. So dots connected. Figuring that out, I brought up a second ago. This convenience store kill is probably the second best scene in the movie, right? Well, it's a shotgun kill. Well, it was stab, stabs, and then shotguns. Like, I mean, this is great. I mean, this is really, really good. They run into a convenience store. It's like, oh, my God, Ghostface killers of, of the past would run away from this situation. Not this one. This guy just goes right in and just starts stabbing people. I also like how they changed the mask up a little bit, how the mask looks a little bit dirty and grainy. And this is where we find out where Ghostface is is leaving old mask from previous killers with DNA evidence on it. They didn't go into more detail about that, and I kind of wish they would have. Yeah, well, this is where we just kind of leave out a lot of detail, but I would just say that uh, any question that you would have about, uh, and I have so many, about like the delay of, of law or like the focus of um, obviously where they should uh, be, be putting their investigation at, uh, how there's a person from the FBI involved, but yet still the police are just uh, nowhere to be seen, you know? And there's only one FBI agent, and she's not doing really much of anything to protect anyone, including herself, uh, and putting themselves in horrible situations to, anyway, FBI, what? I guess she's because she's a baby. That, uh, let's talk about that. Can we talk periods. about that? Yes, we can. Let's talk, about it. let's talk about it. I'm upset that Kirby's in this movie, and I'm upset that she is an FBI agent. Talk about a character change 180. She doesn't even look the same. Y yeah, I had to shift gears when she did the chair turn. Uh, when they showed a um, 
blonde-haired person in the chair, and they played the music. I knew that that was going to be an introduction. Okay, this is a callback. I, I was trying to think, like, who's still alive from the older movies? And then she turned around, and I think I had the same reaction as the theater, which was, oh. Yeah. I mean, like, I loved Kirby in Scream 4. I liked her a lot. Did you hear my shoulders drop with, with that? Yeah. It's just kind yeah, of like, uh, oh. I mean, oh, half All right, Kirby, let's go. If you're going to have Kirby in it, A, she doesn't even look like the old character, but whatever, that, that happens. But to make Kirby, who was a high school film nerd in love with Macaulay Culkin's brother, to turn into an FBI agent, total miscasting. Just not have her be FBI. Just well, have her living in New York. That's a lot of like have her. Why not? Here's something else. Remember how used to in the beginning of the episode how you thought the plot was going to go one way, and I agree with you, and how I thought that should go that way too. Yes. Why not? Since we're in college, they did not take one college class. In Scream Two, we at least saw them in a film school class when they're talking about sequels. Why not have Kirby in this as a as a as a as a, as a film professor, or have Kirby be the first victim as the film professor? Like, I mean, make her an FBI agent or is a complete her... bastardization. Yeah, or it would be have her be like the FBI tag along, and maybe have like Dermot Mulroney be the FBI agent that she's shadowing, and uh, you know have him just kind of be the puppet master and right. toting them along, and have her like connect the dots and be like, oh, it is you. That would be a, a better right. way for that character because then you could have her almost like Gail kind of learn after every event, just kind of more and more gradually. That uh, as these happenings keep on happening, is that she's going to prove herself as a legacy character that way. But instead, she, like many other characters in this, are now just kind of along for the joke. Uh, Scream Six, aka everybody gets stabbed, <laughs> but also lives. It, it's yeah. It, um, it's kind of a weird thing to do for this for the franchise. It's talking about weird. Why is Gail in this? Why is she still alive? Right. No, I mean, I, it's just why. I mean, like, I thought, okay, so this is what I thought. So Dewey died in Scream 5. They're going to do a trilogy. They already announced it. One a year. Five, six, seven. So next, this time next year, Scream 7. But, like, okay, are they going to Star Wars sequel this? Are they going to kill one of the three each movie? And they killed Dewey. Okay, Gail's in this one. Nobody else, so they're going to kill Gail. That doesn't happen. It's like, why is she in this movie? She adds nothing, absolutely nothing, besides somehow stumbling upon the killer's lair in a small rundown movie theater. She is there to support the the franchise theory. She's a legacy character. There's not too many of those left. It's her, Kirby, Cindy, and... Sydney. Like, Sydney, sorry. And maybe some some family members spread around that tree. Do you miss Neff Campbell in this? No, not at all. Thank you. Neff Campbell doesn't need to be in it, and neither does Courtney Cox. I, they both do not need to be in this. I didn't mind that she was in it, but for her to be in it for that long seemed silly. This is already this is a two-hour movie, and a, uh, I think a lot of it was with Gale, and you didn't really need that, especially if you were just going to 
stab her and have her stretched into the next movie. Right. I, I, I found that to be annoying. The movie. Nice, nice. She's on a stretcher. Yes, yes, yes. That was good. Uh, the third best scene in the movie is when Sam has a boyfriend that lives on the other side of the building, and he looks over and ghost faces in Quinn's room, and this whole uh, ghost face in the apartment building it was brutal. Um, the girlfriend, uh, whatever her name was, the one I compared to Deadpool Tool, to Anika. Anika, I felt that kill, dude, because he, uh, Ghostface stabs her in the stomach and then he slowly is ripping up on her stomach. I was like, oh my God. Like, I could feel that, you know? Yeah. And like, Qu- Quinn gets her throat slit and then they're, and, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Meek siblings. What's their names again? Uh, Mindy and Chad. Mindy and Chad. Mindy gets messed up. Oh, and the guy's, the, his name's Chad. He is a Chad. He's a Chad. Um, I also love how they got locked in the bathroom, ghost faces, and they climb the ladder across there, and then um, girlfriend dies. But, like, I thought that was great. I thought that was intense, the close quarters. Um, I had no complaints over that. I had some complaints. I, I enjoyed oh. these characters, but uh, we'll, we'll get into this later. I have... Uh, very two very big complaints at at the end that uh, really upset me, especially with with Chad, who seems to just keep on running, especially when he's already won. Um, but w- we can go into that a little bit later. Well, after this after this apartment kills things, the movie kind of loses me for a little bit because this is a refined Ghostface layer, and Ghostface somehow. I mean, right there, the movie tells you that somehow a police person's involved. Uh, because yeah, well, I, I had guessed uh, Detective Bailey pretty early. How about you? I mean, I mean, you're you're guessing in the movie, right? I'm guessing, but at this point, as soon as I found the lair, because when you walk into this lair, you have the shrine of all the ghost face costumes, and then you have this walkway of every piece of evidence. And if you look closely, there's so many cool little Easter eggs. Clearly, this is a police evidence locker room raid. So. Yeah. I'm like right there. I'm like, oh, it has to be a cop. We're not following any other cops. It it has to be the detective. Clear case. But the detective is too old to do the things that Ghostface does in this movie. So who's his partner? Who's his Mickey? So, yeah, I was uh, questioning. I was I was always suspecting Dermot Mulroney, but my toss up was either Ethan or the boy toy Danny. Yeah, that would have been too obvious again, right? Again, right? Those parts where you're just like, oh, I don't want it to be too obvious. I want it to be too obvious. But even if the pick is obvious, the cause or the, the motive might not be. And so that is the drop. That might be the, the twist or the double twist as we got uh, well, at the uh, end of this yeah. one. I also feel like this is, th- this is a remake of Scream 2 just because... Um, the boyfriend's not the killer, spoiler, right? The boyfriend's not the killer, and it ends in a theater. Yes. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of, I would uh, agree with you 100%, Jordan, that there's a lot of uh, nods to Scream right. 2 in this. Right. Especially the bullet um, in the head. Yeah. So I think we want to get to the subway scene and then talk about the ending here because there's a lot to unpack. So... The core four, if you will, 
decides that they have to all meet up and meet at the shrine again. We get this very, very intense subway scene. Since this is camp now, since this is getting a little ridiculous, I was kind of hoping that they went into um, a subway train car with with nothing but ghost face people everywhere. <laughs> that would have been more fun. Um, but it was it was intense. I liked the lighting. Uh, which cars Ghostface in? You know, he's in a car, but he was obviously in the car with two of them and not the majority of them. Yep. Um, they're starting to get your suspects here. And um, Mika's her name still, right? I'm sorry. Uh, Mindy. 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 Mindy is in the car with Ethan, who she suspects is, is the killer. Um, she gets messed up, dude. Ghostface gets her really really good um so I'm, I'm i'm hyping up the subway scene i thought it was intense what did you think uh i i like the subway scene uh whatever uh, part of new york uh that is they need to fix those lights jeez what the hell that's that's really you're, bad but uh it, it's yeah. the same part whatever it's 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 fun it's crowded it's a subway uh Conveniently, those people are sleeping and they don't hear anything, and everyone's loud, and it's very, very scream. But uh, it's just good because you know, lights on, lots, uh, lights off, and that that where is he type of thing is is pretty fun. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's good for the movie. I don't think that scene's gonna last though. Really? Uh, it might because that's. I think the most memorable scene is in this is is the double ghost face doing the knife swipe. That's a good one. That that just seems to to be um, a bit more of like the you know the thing that's gonna carry from this movie than uh, eh, you know that that subway scene might might do something. If there was more like you like you had said, I think it, that would be a bit more memorable just to kind of show how. Ooh, how scary of a situation that you're in, you know, where it's everybody wearing it and maybe all of them are staring at you would be pretty cool. But instead it's just every few and some of them aren't, uh, you know, even bothering you. Do you think that the writers wrote that scene as the way I described it? And then somebody in the studio said, Hey, you know, Joker did that like two years ago. Let's not completely steal that idea. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened in Joker. Um, so I, I enjoyed it a lot. It is true. I don't think they were um, worried about, I mean, people are stealing from Scream, right? Like, I, it's, oh, right. maybe they, yeah, you're right. Maybe they avoided that to, to have it come full circle. So, I mean, like, I, th th this part is great. And then we get into the killer reveals. And the reason I want to talk about the killer reveals quickly on this is because there's a lot to unpack and there's a lot of theories and questions and, it, some of the things just are very interesting in the motives. So big twist, number one, is that there's not one killer. There's not two killers. There's three killers. Yeah. I like that idea. Um, also, I find interesting, too, that Roman, Cindy's uh, half-brother, has been the only single killer. Before I go into the reveal, are we missing that? Or should or, – or, or is up it to three – is up it to three ridiculous – or should we go back down to the one? Because we always get two. I, I wonder if this will start the, you know, uh, uh, make it so that the next movie is one. I wonder if, if they are, oh, wouldn't that make sense? 
because Scream 3 had a single killer. Right. So this, the the requel here, the third of the requel, wouldn't it make sense for it to be a single killer as well? To be Stu. To end the franchise because it's on. To end the franchise? Damn. Just end it. He's just mad as hell. He doesn't want to do it anymore. Open the movie with Cindy getting killed. Oh, Sydney. Uh, I don't know why you keep on messing that name up. Because I am, because I want to, because I want to irritate you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but that, that would be great. That would be fantastic. I'm on board with that. That would be fantastic. Yeah, have have it be one killer, have it be Stu, and have him kill the franchise because he's tired of it. It's haunting him this this whole time. Um, but we get our three killers. We get the detective. We get the roommate Quinn and the roommate Ethan. That's another. That's another twist. And then another twist is, this is a family. The detective is the father of Quinn and of Ethan, and their other brother Richie, who was the killer in Scream Five, was killed by Sam. So help me with this to make sure I get this right. The motive is, Sam, you killed our our brother. You killed my son. So now we're going to kill you. Billy Loomis's mom's motive. That's what it is. Yes, that is. Exactly what that is. They've gone full conspiracy theory. They feel that it was Sam Carpenter's fault that she's the mastermind, that she did all that to Richie. Yeah. And so they want to make her pay in the worst way. And what better way than to do that with uh, killing two college kids that were going to kill her? Anyway, let's let them do it. But maybe because they knew that they were weak and they weren't going to be good at it. Um, did they? Did the family say that they knew that Richie did the killings, or did they believe that Sam did and she framed Richie? That was I, unclear I to me. Don't even know. It seems like at this point you can just kind of write off to to whatever, which I think that they are because all of the questions that I had in this movie, as far as logistics, I think they can just write off to it just being that. Dermot Mulroney was a part of the police force, and you should just believe that because of his influence, there was a delay in this, or there was a lack of this, or they didn't come through, or they didn't arrest these people, or this evidence got moved because police, because it's an inside job. And if we want to just move past that, then sure, and we can just do that with everything else then. Right, okay, but I don't have to answer my question. Did they say? Uh, I did don't the family? Know. I, I okay. think because I was trying to remember that because I was wondering if the family said we know our brother did these killings, but we're still going to kill you. Or do they actually think that Richie was set up by Sam? Yeah, I. Or are they killing on false pretense? I I thought that they they kind of knew, and then maybe they are just like psycho family, which that then becomes a stretch. Is it? Because uh, the same thing is happening with Billy Loomis's and, and his daughter. Like, Skeet Ulrich is in this movie. I'm, I'm glad that he's barely seen like he was in the last one. Yeah. Um, and, and I hope that he's not back for the next one. No, I just, I just, I, I don't like the idea of the killer family um, because it would make sense. If if the family's like, we know Richie didn't do anything. So we're going to kill because he didn't do anything. He was set up by you. 
Um, and I don't know if that was explained. Um, brother Ethan gets a knife in the mouth by oh. Jenna Ortega. That was brutal. And then uh, Quinn gets shot right in between the eyes there. Yep, that was uh, a Scream 2 moment there. Um, Chad, he got messed up, dude. I felt that one. Yeah, he, right? got, he got stabbed uh, pretty good. And so did uh, Jenna Ortega, so did Tara. She got stabbed as well, too, but um, it's okay throw a bandit on that one. Right. Doesn't Sam get stabbed, too? Yes, they all get stabbed. Everyone gets stabbed in this movie, but it's okay. Get get some get some gauze. Uh, you got some peroxide, uh, some neosporin, maybe. You're good to go. Uh, right. You're able to walk. No, no, no. Go ahead and just walk around uh, the, the crime scene if you want. You can go ahead and talk to whoever you want to. They can just go ahead and walk through um, the line, the do not cross line. It's okay. There's no police here. Not, not no. a one. No. You can just go no. ahead and walk through and do, do whatever you want. Do you want to jump on the EMT in the ambulance? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's a... It's a <laughs> it really irritates you. <laughs> no, what irritates me is that in this movie, Chad beat the killer twice in the movie theater. Twice. And instead of choosing to continue to beat them and unmask, he chose to run. They outmanned the person, or a person to the person twice that person was on the ground. Ghostface was on the ground, done. They could have kept on going and unmasked, done. Game's done. But instead, they didn't. That they bothered did. me. They never do. Um, but that one was, I, I get they never do in, in a situation. This was blatant twice. That one was really, you're telling me that a guy named Chad, who uh, is just like, Obviously, who was defending Jenna Ortega in the beginning of the movie uh, and, and eager to start a fight with a guy is now suddenly running away from people trying to kill his family and uh, these these other girls. That's in the core four. No, it finish him off. You're going to take a, a bubble gum machine and hit him over the head, but you can't. No, it, it's, uh, it's it's frustrating. Foul. But that, I call but that... foul. It's frustrating, sure, but it, it's it's par for the course. Um, well, then you get, they, you deserved to get stabbed, sir, and uh, stretched into into the next movie. So we'll see you in Scream Seven. Right, right. With all um, your scars. So, I hope you get a Dewey hand. I, yeah, I also noticed that Jared Tega had a knife wound hand um, from the last one. It, uh, Sam puts on her dad's mask and. Uh, kills uh the bad guy too and uh bad guys are over with i i, I don't 100 percent like the killer family i think you and i have wrote a better sequel for scream 7 uh i hope that happens um but i didn't leave with a bad taste in my mouth i think i like the ending of scream 5 more because it was in Stu's house and it kind of was that nostalgia feel but this is definitely gen z's now right i mean this is no longer a millennial franchise this is now a gen z franchise Billie Eilish was singing in this movie, right? I mean, a lot of angst. Sure. No? Or was it angst? Is Gen Z angsty? I, I I'm not going to speak to it. I really don't know anymore. I don't know. I'm still amazed I, by I, the I'm, I'm sure that they don't either, and that's maybe a source of right. where that comes from, Jordan. So before we get into popcorn rating, 
I hinted at it earlier. I wanted your opinion. So at the end, everybody is getting wheeled out. We've had, you know, the Dewey music, dum, 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 or the broken era music, if you will. Um, and Sam sees that she still has her dad's mask. And there's this moment of her, is she going to turn? Is she not going to turn? And then she drops the mask on the ground and they walk away. Do you not, like, like me, do you not want Sam to flip? Right? There's no reason for Sam to flip. You know, when you compare it to Star Wars in that part, because in the end of that new trilogy, Rey does not flip, even though that she was offered in the same way that Sam is being offered now, if you want to compare it to that, and which I will. In that franchise, I think it's great in Star Wars, that is, the greatest mistake that they did was allowing Rey to stay good. They should have made her turn, and they should have had uh, someone else, whether it be Finn, I would have rather it be Finn, uh, or Kylo, have a transition to, to be the savior. But instead, they made Rey the, 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 the good uh, person in that one, and she overcame, and she killed everybody, and now she's kind of like this rogue kind of Jedi. That's dumb. This... This one, if they were to have Sam go to Dark, I would be all for that. If they have, like, her sister Tara, right? Is it Tara Tara? Either way. Tara. Be the one to redeem it. To, to be the one to be like, no, you know, you weren't supposed to be this way. You know, we were supposed to, to be the the better part of Dad or something like that. Like, that would be something cool. Uh, or have it maybe something a little bit more significant um, in, in their development. I'd be all for that. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, is that the redemption part has been done. Give me something else if you're going to do it. If you're going to make her go dark, go all in. Let me see it. Let me see how dark you can go. Don't right. do me this halfway thing where she was like just dipping her toe in and the movie has her like just starting to become dark and then you kill her. No, have her go dark. Have her do some stuff. Have her be Ghostface for a bit and, you know, get dirty. And then, you know, uh, have her killed or redeemed then at the end. I'd be all for that. That's something that I don't get to see too often. I see this redemption all the time now. And if Gen Z wants that, then I think that's cheap. But well, um, I would like to see I... this ending for Scream. If they're going to talk about franchising it being something different every time. What I'm nervous about is that they're going to Halloween's ends it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really nervous about Man, that. you just killed my spirit when you said that. Because it's true. I mean, who would have thought Halloween ends was going to be the way that it was, right? So, yeah. but, you know, but, but, but Scream 5, 6, and clearly 7 is going to remake the previous movies. That's what's happening. So I think we like her story. Let's get into our popcorn rating. Scream 6. I am not going to go ridiculous and say that it is a large, and I'm not going to go even more ridiculous and say that's a small. I think it's a solid medium, just like Scream 5 was. I think it's a solid medium. I have really no major complaints. It is a Scream movie. Um, I think, actually, if you really think about this, too, I don't really think there's a bad Scream movie. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I mean, there's some issues in Scream movies, but not like, not like, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween franchises, right? Like the big guys. Like there's some stinkers in those franchises. 
Scream really hasn't really had a stinker that was just like overall bad. Um, so I'm enjoying this new generation. I'm enjoying that it was in New York. I thought it was fun. I wish they would have done more New York with New York, but it is the way it is. And uh, it's definitely a movie that's like a nice Sunday morning. Oh, it's on TV kind of movie. Like I'm not complaining about it. I think it's fine. What's funny about that? All those, all those stabbings, all those, those killings and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's it's an easy Sunday morning movie. You know, watch it before church. Yeah, I mean, you know, just, just if it's if if it's just on, I would go. What I'm trying to say, if it's on, I'm just gonna just go. Embodiment oh. in the refrigerator. You know, what's your popcorn rating for Scream Six? Buddy, I I agree with you, hundred percent. It's a fun movie. It still does what it's supposed to do. And uh, I would have liked to have seen it gone a different way. I I really am invested into these characters now. I think we cracked it where it, this is like the Fast and Furious of the of the horror franchise. It just keeps on going. It it it's found a beat. It's found a steady pace of what to do with its story with its audience. They're having fun. I I'm I'm eager to to see what's gonna happen for for seven. I I hope I hope it works. I I, I do, but uh, the same part, yeah. I I am a little let down that it's not all of what it could be. It, sure. It really does feel that it's it's coming up at eighty percent every time, and I don't know if that's from a studio being clueless and saying, oh, we have to cut this or do that, and we have to. Um, please these people and we have to you know uh, kind of you know keep these ones off of our radar it seems again like i don't know whose decision that is but for what it is uh, here we are uh those big questions are are still there why is gail still here why is she still alive how does everyone get stabbed uh how can the world allow a serial killer to just fly around the world, you know, just follow these people and everyone just be like, yeah, it must be these people. When clearly it's like, there, there's cameras. You're telling me that you, you can whip out a camera to, to have this girl get splashed with a Diet Coke, but you can't whip out a camera to have a, a serial killer like chase you in a park or a convenience store or something like, or a subway. Uh, when, when Mindy gets stabbed, it, it just seems... Uh, you know, where we're supposed to accept some parts as real and some parts as other, I I took me out of it sometimes. I, I guess it's it's something where it's hard to do these movies, these types of, of themes in a new age of technology. It's something that they need to adapt kind of to a new element to. It's hard. It's hard to, to you know, do something when everywhere you go, you have to have the character be like, oh, I don't have cell service. Oh, my battery died. You have to put that element in there now because of how easily we know as a society that you can just whip out your phone and be like, oh, hey, there's Ghostface right there killing people. Right there. Got him. You know, is this, hey, there's somebody dying here on the subway. Oh, it's, it's just New York. Let me just step over him. You know, oh, hashtag Big Apple. It, it's like, really, like, that's, uh, we can't just excuse that in some of these movies. It seems like a cop out. Uh, but I wish uh, that it's a medium because uh, of that. I, guess I will end it with this. Um, I, there's a line that they should have done that they didn't do. And Jason takes Manhattan. 
the heroes run into uh, a diner and say, help us, help us. He's trying to kill us. And the waitress says, welcome to New York. Yeah. I was waiting for somebody to say that in this movie. Uh, welcome to New York. I, I was waiting for that. Um, and also, too, Jason 8 was playing in the background in the beginning, if you saw that in the killer's apartment. Um, the, the fake killer. Anyway, uh, yeah, ultimately, uh, I think you and I agree with each other, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Part 7. But then after that, I may be checked out. We'll see. But we hope you're not checked out by downloading our episodes of MovieGuysPodcast.podbean.com. Boom. That was a good one. That was a good one. We're on every social media platform or wherever you get your podcast from. We are on those apps. Uh, thank you so much for downloading us, and we'll be back next week with another awesome episode. Have a good night.